We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I get on the Rotowire Dynasty podcast is that they always say like, oh, you're always finding people that we haven't seen yet on on podcasts. And I my answer is, uh, is always the same, Maddie Kiwum. It's that I just bring people on that like I like talking to. It's not necessarily yes. like... You know, um, you know, for the clicks or the stat. And obviously, you know, we all want views on our podcast, but I just think like I'm asking. I started out doing podcasts because I'm asking the questions that sometimes when I was listening to podcasts, I felt like the podcast host wasn't asking to the person they're interviewing. Right. You be the change you want to see in your world. That's how you do it, baby. You ask the questions. I think that's the Joe Rogan approach. You know, just talk to people you want to talk to, and the shows will always be fun. And you know what? Even if there is no listeners, you get a great conversation with somebody you either just met or someone you're friends with. It's that's what that's the beauty of doing the podcast stuff. You get to have a, a an excuse to sit down with someone that you could get along with, have a lot of fun with, and, and you know, chop it up about whatever it is. And of course, when we're talking fantasy football, you're piquing your boy's interest here, Alan. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like I remember, I forget who said this, but it was like a meme, and it was, uh, "Hey, Mister CEO, can I get five minutes of your time to talk on the phone?" And they say, "No, no, no I'm very busy." Uh, yeah. Hi, and then the second panel was, "Hi, Mister CEO, can I have a half hour to talk to you on a podcast?" Sure. What time? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the also, great equalizer of the podcast. Yeah. Well, it's just it's a different environment. You know, it's it's. Uh, I I don't know what it is, but it's it rings true and. Today, what I wanted to talk to you about, and you caught my attention for all the great work you're doing over Player Profiler, right. and specifically, there was a live draft stream, meaning like during the real NFL draft, mm-hmm. and day three, nobody knows these prospects, and you are, you're not just digging down into like all like the, the stats of these guys, it was just you were talking about it in a way that was digestible for someone that really wasn't familiar with, like I said, myself and that with all these prospects. You were not just... Oh, this guy is yards per block and tack. It was like, uh-huh. no, this is what this guy does well. This is why he's going to be fit on the team. And you really just made it digestible. Well, Alan, can I tell you a secret? It's because I didn't know who a lot of those players kind of who they were in day three. <laughs> we're talking about you know the small school guys, the some guys who didn't get the playing time. The guys definitely didn't get the shine. Uh, luckily, I was with Cody, who's one of the best, most knowledgeable. Uh, guys in the space when it comes to you know your rookie ranks and, and the guys who are coming in the incoming rookies and whatnot but yeah I that's I like to talk 
Uh, you know, I could, I, I guess I like to hear the sound of my own voice, which is weird because I don't actually, when I hear yeah, playback, I, I don't like my voice, but I like to keep talking. Nobody, nobody likes the sound of their own voice, Matty Kiwoom. But <laughs> what, what people do like is they, they like winning uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football. And an mm-hmm. important piece of that, I think it's pretty well documented at this point, is in these leagues, especially where you have 25 bench spots, roster as many one injury away, running mm-hmm. backs as you can. And I, I think that there's some that are fool's gold. I mean, any r- running back on a 53, as our friend Scott Connor likes to say, uh, is roster worthy. But let's let's figure out who the top 10 are. And again, we don't have to go, hey, number two, number one, number eight. Let's just talk yeah. through some of the guys that you believe, that I believe, and help me assemble my list. Because I, you know what? My job is to set, set uh, the backup running back list to Rotowire. So mm-hmm. I was like, why am I going to do the work when I can just have Matty Kiwum do it for me? <laughs> love it. Yeah. Delegation, as they yeah. call that, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's that swift delegation work, Alan. I love it. Yeah. So start off with, for those, I mean, who don't know what a handcuff running back is, it's usually a backup running back who will mm-hmm. projectably get the workload or most of it of a starter running back if they get injured. So in dynasty startup drafts or, or just even in existing leagues, are these players that you target or do you you know are you a little bit dubious of of rostering too many of these guys i love rostering handcuffs but uh you know which is kind of the moniker over at player profiler don't roster your own handcuff because you're really just kind of hedging against what you're hoping happens for your starter explain that what do you mean explain that so events the theory would be if you were to roster let's say uh jalen warren and you have Najee Harris if Najee Harris goes down you're really a net zero because you're just inserting another player whereas if you roster Jalen Warren but your starters is Nick Chubb and say Miles Sanders all of a sudden now there's that injury to Najee and you get that influx of additional value that you can either use to trade and plug a hole somewhere else or use in your starting lineup so when you when you diversify kind of your bench in terms of your handcuff selection you really can now take advantage of all the value spikes that will happen in a given season. Right. Now, when we have in like in, in seasonal leagues where we have like six bench spots or five bench spots, I, mm-hmm. I get that. But does your mind, uh, does your mind, does that philosophy change a little bit when you have these like un, basically unlimited bench spots? Uh, well, it depends on which ones. Like, we're going to break down the top 10. So, the guys at the top part of that, you know, top those. 10 list, I'll probably be a little bit more uh, excited to go after. But the problem is with handcuffs when it comes to startup drafts or even just kind of rostering them in general, the times in which you are thinking about buying is usually when their value is up for whether it's a hype around uh, the, you know, the, the OTAs or, or injury possibility to the starter. So it's tough to do that. But yeah, I do actually stay away from most of my own handcuffs, even the deepest leagues. I'll take shots on all the others. And then at the end of the day, because I, I kind of look at handcuffs, they're, they're really just sell chips for me in any format. So, and that includes my own. If I were to, again, let's use Keontae Ingram. So I have James Conner. I roster Keontae Ingram. The second Keontae Ingram rises to the value, uh, you know, because of James Conner injury, which shocking, Alan, right? A James Conner injury? That would be, sh- I would be shocked Never. if that happened. <laughs> I, can, I, can sm- I can smell the sarcasm. I can smell it. <laughs> but go, no, continue with this because this is interesting right here. So you're saying the minute like James Conner, he's going to be out two to four weeks with a whatever ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keontae Ingram is the presumed, you know, 15 to 18 touch starter. You're not yep. starting him. You're looking to move him for the, his current value in that week. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That would, that's typically what I try to do. It doesn't always work. And, and and that's, I guess, maybe a point four 
having your own handcuff is at the end of the day, if you can't find a buyer, you now have a starter uh, to kind of put into your lineup. But let's just say, you know, Keontae Ingram jumps into that top 20 range. You know, now maybe could I jump into uh, Damian Pierce if he isn't off to a hard start? Could I jump into a Miles Sanders, Kendra Miller? There's a bunch of guys I'd rather have because I I, th- I think you can ride the value of the player you jump into longer than that handcuff mm. because, you know, the you know what happens. This four-week injury sometimes could come to two, sometimes it comes to six. The reliability on the timetable isn't always there. So I usually like to flip oh, handcuffs all you know regardless if they're my typical handcuffs or, or someone else's yeah one of the questions i get a lot during the season is like let's just use the same example because this is a good one james connor goes down um we're presuming to say a three-week injury someone will say to us on the rotowire youtube comments or in our on the rotowire.com uh, comments page what's the value of keontae ingram rest of season and i mm-hmm. say that's not the right question. It's how many, exactly. you know, it's, it's what's his value this week? What's his value next week? These guys are bet the, the handcuff running backs. They're mm-hmm. used as lifeboats. They're not like, you know, they're not, exactly. cruise, they're not cruise ships, but yeah, it does save your season. I remember, I think it was two Khalil Herbert's rookie season or his second season. I, you know, this was a situation where I just needed a running back. I was the seven seed and I just needed two wins and he got me those two wins. Mm-hmm. And then he basically was droppable after that when David Montgomery, at the time when they were on the Bears, came, came back. back. Yeah. So I think it's an important part of fantasy football. And like you said, I, I love that. It's a, you know, maybe you don't want to sell. If you, For example, somebody might feel that Keontae Ingram is a long-term piece because James Conner might not be there in the right. future. But someone like Boston Scott gets a, spo- uh, um, a spot start. This is when you're just like, hey, any third, I'm doing it right now. Exactly. You know, Scott Connor, you mentioned him a few minutes ago. He has kind of been preaching that all offseason. That's really part of his his evaluation is give me a third. I don't care. Just give it to me. And I love that approach. I'll do the exact same thing because once, you know, that value dips back down, that round three, that value is going to stay, and you can use that as you will. All right. In 2023, now we're talking dynasty, but we're still going to just say, because we just identified that handcuffs are very short term, you know, they're not even one oh, season yeah. plays. They're they're two week, they're three, four week window plays. Who do you think is the we'll start at the top and then we'll kind of work ourselves okay. around. Who's the number one most valuable handcuff? Almost to the point where are they a one B or are they a true handcuff? Like right now, if we if who should be the person on the thumbnail or the person on the cover of handcuff podcast? Well, it's funny that you mentioned this because he is the man on the thumbnail for this episode, and that's Roshan Johnson. I love Roshan Johnson. He didn't get the draft capital that I guess we all kind of wanted. It was that day three, you know, round four pick. But the backfield's thin enough. You know, they only gave about, I think it was a $2 million contract to Foreman. Uh, you know, Khalil Herbert's a sixth-round pick who wasn't healthy last year. He was efficient, but he's more of a complement to a st- the style of Roshan. So as of right now, he seems to be the, the handcuff the third guy, not in terms of startup value, he's going first of the three, but on the depth chart, he seems like the handcuff. And I think he could absolutely be not only one B, but one A in that backfield. So he's got to be in my number one. Does he uh, play special teams at all? Or is he just strictly a, you know, a, a normal teams player? I think he's just your strict back uh, running back. I don't back. Th- think he did any special teams at, at the University of Texas. He wasn't when he came into the college. He was a quarterback, uh, okay. so he has a lot of like that additional football IQ that you get from playing that position. You know, through your whole amateur status. But you know, I don't think he does any. Well, the reason I, special teams. The reason I ask is, and again, we don't care about this for you know week one. But like, could he be a game day inactive 
if they're only going to go with two running backs? Is there a is there a basically is there another running back on the roster? We know Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman are going to be active and playing Week One. Mm-hmm. Is there another running back on the roster that might be a special teams guy? And sometimes these guys become inactive. But by week seven, they're, they're the, the clear starter. So I, I, I'm not concerned about that. But mm-hmm. are you in, in like in redraft, like I'm not going to draft Roshan Johnson with six right. bench spots, but I'll certainly pick him up and you could see him easily being a hot waiver guy. I have Roshan as my number three for that reason is mm-hmm. that there's some unclarity in the beginning of the season. But for Dynasty, you're taking him somewhere in the second round of your rookie drafts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's actually a great point. You bring. I didn't even really put it all together, but they did bring in Travis Homer. As yes. well, and he's a little bit more versatile in what he brings to the table. I don't know if he does much special teams at this point in his career, uh, but what you do hear about Roshan is he's a, a great locker room guy. So hopefully he can avoid that, but it's definitely a possibility for the rookie. And if that happens, we're buying, right? I mean, we are pouncing on a possible dip. Yeah, somebody that I'm now going to give you a boring one. I, I'm curious of what you think about because Roshan Johnson is going to be hard to acquire, right? I mean, no yeah, one's just going to yep. right in Dynasty fantasy football. Someone just paid two point three to two point eight for him. They're excited mm-hmm. about him because there's a lot of smart fantasy analysts like you guys over at Player Profile talking about him. So it's just almost nearly going to be impossible to get him unless you overpay. Let's talk about one that you can get as a throw-in. I mean, Devin Singletary, right mm-hmm. now <laughs> over at Houston. I have him as my number ten handcuff, but if if I, somehow, I mean, it's easy to see Singletary getting spot starts this year. Are, is there anything appealing about him? Is this someone that you would, if you can get him for like a fourth-round rookie pick or as part of another deal that it's even worth rostering? Or if we just see an empty calorie running from him and you advise people not? Alan, I think they have a lot of value here okay. acquiring a guy like Devin Singletary. He didn't make my top 10, but he made my second list, which I had as like my platooners list. Your that bottom I 10? Into. No, no, my. <laughs> yeah, the worst, the worst. No, I actually have been getting Devin Singletary everywhere in my startup leagues. He is the reason why I'm not getting a whole lot of the more hyped handcuffs. Uh, but like I said, he, he made a different list, but we're going to put him on this list. Now that we're both in yeah. agreement here, right. I think he's, I think he could be a valuable player. I mean, the guy's had back-to-back 800-yard rushing seasons. And in terms of what he can bring to the table, last year for the Buffalo Bills, the games he performed best were the games that were closest. So they relied on him to slow the game down, to win them football games. And I know we get lost in the sauce when it comes to fantasy football. That's what we care about most. But these teams are trying to win the football game. And if this guy can help win games for a franchise that's desperate for wins right now in the Houston Texans, I think he could do that. And if Damian Pierce goes down, why couldn't he just kind of be what he was in Buffalo in terms of uh, maybe gets a little bit more touchdowns, maybe gets a little more passing work? Because when you look at his profile, Alan, he ran the eighth most r- routes of running backs in Buffalo. So they put him on the field for passing plays. He didn't get a whole lot of targets, he had, you know, sub 10% uh, target share, but not terrible. So if Damian Pierce goes down, he could have some true value in that Houston, Texas backfield. So I like him. I'm, I'm going to put him, I'm going to insert him now into my list now that we're breaking down. I'm going to put him at number five. Oh, wow. Number five. So he moved from not on the list to a serious guy that you want. And also what, what plays into my rankings is how gettable are these guys, right? Because like we just mm-hmm. talked about, yeah, I have Roshan at three, you have him at one. And it's be- and I was just like, 
there's no, there's almost, there's literally no way to get him unless you want to give a first round pick for him. And who wants to do that? That's just oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. He didn't make my top 10 because I have this platooners list. So I wasn't sure if they qualify, but once you bring the name up, they get put right on that list, baby. I'm, I'm with, it's funny you say that because I, platooners, I didn't include either, but mm-hmm. I mean, Damian, P, I don't, I don't know if, if Singletary's a platooner. Right. So, right. I don't know. But yeah, the true platooners, it's kind of like cheating, right? Like last year, yeah. putting Kareem Hunt as a handcuff is kind right. of crazy. Yeah. Those are stash in your lineup players that had upside. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, exactly. before we continue on, Maddie Kiwum, I want to tell everybody about Circa Las Vegas. Uh, have you been to Circa Las Vegas? I've uh, never been to Vegas. Oh, okay. Well, we got to get you there. That's yes. number one. And you've heard of Circa? Of uh, course. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we go there for the Rotowire trip every year. We're going in a couple weeks, and it's it's everything you could have asked for in a sports betting mm-hmm. uh, casino and book. And right now, they're doing this amazing contest. You should join. I had everyone in my league signing up for this. Um, the ultimate fantasy football draft can only take place in Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino wants to bring your whole league to Vegas for the ultimate draft giveaway experience. A 12-person league, they'll, uh, they'll put you up for two nights, and you'll have your draft at one of the Cabana Stadium swim-ups, plus limo to and from the airport, a welcome party at the Legacy Club, and a booth at the world's largest sports book, and more, a prize package over 8000 bucks. Have everyone in your leagues, guys, sign up for this. I put the links in the video description below. Go to Circus Las Vegas. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? We always say every, it's so hard to get people together for a draft, right? If you tell them that we're going to Vegas and it's basically they're coming, all, they're coming, they're coming. <laughs> they'll figure out a way. They'll figure out a way. All right, here I'm here with Maddie Kiwoom from Player Profiler. We're talking about the top ten handcuff running backs, backup running backs uh, that you know could have value during the year that you want to roster for dynasty. Who who's a running back that when you were going over the list that you were like. I don't even a backup running back that has a chance to get some starts. He was just like, I don't want any part of this guy. Maybe it was Singletary. <laughs> I actually do want a little bit of Singletary. The guy right. that I, I mean, well, I should let me say this: the guys I want no part of, even though they did make my list, are the Los Angeles Chargers guys: Josh mm-hmm. Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. I mean, they just the what are we gonna? Uh, they they just don't ever bring stuff to the table that you get really excited about. I mean, they don't have the similar skill set to Austin Eckler, and Austin Eckler's true value is in his pass catching ability his ability to do a lot of things for that football club where neither of these guys can really do a whole lot of that and i don't think that if they were to be let's say eckler gets hurt and we're not saying he will but he stubs the toe has to miss a couple weeks is it one is it both how do they split it up or do they let herbert just throw the ball a hundred times a game so even though they have to be on the list, in my opinion, because, you know, there are a lot of opportunities potentially there if there were, you know, a, a, an injury to the starter in Austin Eckler. But I still don't want any part of them. I don't care how late. Yeah, the Chargers have been throwing fourth round picks at the backup running back position. And for years, Austin Eckler was saying, I need a little bit of help when it matters. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he, he's carrying a workload. He was, quote, an undersized back. And they just haven't been able to get him there. Are, are they possibly a prime spot for one of the desirable veterans? I mean, nobody's talking about Dalvin Cook there. I guess it might be cost prohibitive, but even someone like Zeke, who I think we could all agree is washed, still was, what do you have, 12 touchdowns last year, something like that? I mean, oh, he, yeah. he could do the exact thing that Austin Eckler needs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, your point is the, the Kelly Spiller. It's just so murky. A lot of times what we want in these handcuffs, we want clarity, right? We want, oh, yeah. hey, this is the guy that's getting 15 touches and goal line work. It doesn't seem that we'll have any of that with those guys. Right. And, and you mentioned it. 
about the veterans. They, I guess veterans don't typically sign until closer to mandatory uh, minicamp, right? So the OTAs just came and went. So they're probably not going to sign here for a couple more weeks. Why not? Why, if you're if you're the Chargers, isn't Zeke the perfect running back to put in the backfield to just run up the middle a handful of times to keep Austin Eckler fresh? I mean, he was Jamal Williams in the NFC East last year. Uh, so why not bring a guy like that in? Or, or Leonard Fournette that has a little bit more versatile skill set? Kareem Hunt. There are free agents out there that they're going to get at damn near vet minimum that I think would be a perfect compliment for Eckler to get you know those breathers that he's been asking for for years. Does A.J. Dillon count as a handcuff, or is he more of a platoon guy? I put him in my platoon list because yeah, I think he gets drafted so high, and people there will be a, a number of teams, probably I would say maybe 65% of leagues uh, in most formats, will have him in the starting lineup week one. So that's kind of how I gauge it. Would you start in week one without uh, an injury? That's kind of more of a platoon. Yeah, I no. think A.J. Dillon's a platooner. I agree with you there because we were talking about platooners and I'm looking down the list. How about, again, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about some of the sexy ones and some of the ugly ones. Um, next guy on my list that I have at number nine is somebody that nobody wants. He, he might be on your waiver wire. I'm talking about Gus Edwards mm-hmm. in your 25 deep rosters. I mean, he coming off an injury. Now there's some murmurs that J.K. Dobbins is, is making noise about a contract extension. I'm not saying he's going to miss any time. He's, he's not. But... No. There's nobody else there uh, of, you know, and Gus Edwards, does he make your list? Or is, again, is that someone that's just, it's it's such a damaged brand name that, I don't know, you know, it's that you don't want any part of him. I probably put him at the bottom half of the top 10, but he's got to make the list. I mean, this guy has three seasons, Alan, of 700 rushing yards for the Baltimore Ravens. If JK all of a sudden doesn't want to play hard, or let's just say that injury, you know, repeats itself i mean last year he was kind of riddled riddled with that recovery from the knee injury and then he missed a handful of weeks in the middle of the season and when he came back he did well his metrics looked good but if you watch those games he looked did you see him it looked like he was running with a limp it was wild to be you know hustling down the field 65 yards just you know huffing it looking like a pirate out there but anyway stinky leg he was doing the stinky (laughs) leg yeah Yeah. all right so 40 yard stinky leg i love it so if you notice, my, my list on there, it has these boring guys that mm-hmm. literally if people are sick of in fantasy. I think that those are acquirable guys that could get you through a pinch. Let's change it to a few of the sexy ones right now. Okay, let's turn it up a notch. All right, let's just give someone someone to get excited about. Is Chase Brown, the rookie running back on the Bengals, where is he on your list, if at all? He did not make my list. And the reason why, I just don't know if he's good at football. Uh, player profile had boots on the ground and mobile for the senior bowl. He fumbled against air. He got stuck so hard by his twin brother that his shoe went flying three rows into the stands. He just didn't look good. And then throughout the whole process, his value just kind of plateaued, even with an incredible combine. I mean, this guy looks like an athletic freak. He got the end of the fifth round draft capital. It doesn't seem like Joe Mixon's going to get suspended. So it's not going to take out, uh, you know, their starter in the beginning uh, that maybe we had hoped Chris Evans is still there. Uh, there was talks about Travion Williams being uh, a value member of this team early in OTAs, looking good in those in those practices. But because it's so murky and because I don't think Chase Brown's really that good at football, he did not make my list. Yeah, I mean, he and that's kind of a hot take, right? Because he, he gets pushed up for a, a running back that went late in day three. Mm-hmm. I've seen him go in round two of rookie drafts. I see him get drafted in best ball. Mm-hmm. Um that really begs the question is who's going to be the the uh, the backup running back, the quote handcuff 
in Cincinnati if it's not Brown? If it's not Brown, it would either be, like I said, Williams or Evans. I have always sided with Chase Brown through the process as a strict handcuff to Joe Mixon because it's the shiny new toy. He is athletic in the offense. Doesn't require their running back to necessarily go out there and carry the load where Chase Brown could be just put in the field and use his, you know, four, three speed. Uh, he's got the size. So I would let, I would lean that way in terms of the handcuff, but I, I can't rule out the committee, which is why overall, when I'm looking at my list, he just, he just didn't make the cut, but he'd probably be, you know, honorable mention because he is athletic at the end of the day. I'm talking with Matty Kiwoom. You follow him as I do on Twitter, at Matty Kiwoom. That's K-I-W-O-O-M. All of his links are in the video description below. And we're talking about the top 10 dynasty handcuffs that you need to roster uh, because these guys could really save your season. Jerome Ford, who's the backup running back on the Cleveland Browns, uh, he also was a day three pick. Nick Chubb is, never had a clear runway for, you know, for for a big season, but you know, running backs get hurt. Where's Ford rank on your list? Uh, I'm just curious. Is it, what number do you have him? I have him ranked at number eight. Wow, but that's lower I, than I would thought. It's 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 because I just think I like the guys ahead of him a little bit more. Uh, but again, he's he's definitely worth rostering. I have him on uh, a number of my dynasty rosters, uh, and he's also this example of you know maybe a little bit more long-term play when it comes to your, mm. your handcuff situation. Last year, you could have got him for free throughout the entire year. He was really just used on special teams, did not get a whole lot of touches, only had eight rush attempts in all of 2022. So that's an example of buying super early in these deeper, deeper bench formats. But, I mean, again, he's a Chubb injury away from a lot of touches. And we haven't seen Chubb using the passing game a ton. The Browns are telling us that they're going to pass a ton with their, you know, acquisitions of multiple wide receivers that they've brought in this offseason. I would say, I would assume that Chubb gets a little bit more in terms of targets and, and, and routes run and all of those things because there's not a clear backup in terms of who can catch the ball. But Ford, he's fast. You know, he's got pretty good size. Uh, he comes from a good school, and he had a massive year, his final year in college, where he ran for, he was like 1,600, 1,300 yards uh, at the University of Cincinnati. So I, I have him on my list. He's someone I'm definitely interested in. But as I came to find out, Alan, as we were building this, these, these lists up for the show, there's some guys that are out there that can play some football that I want on my fantasy teams. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm shocked. I thought you were going to have um, Jerome Ford a little bit higher, but this is making some sense right here. Uh, so do you think – but Jerome Ford would assume – the lion's share of the workload should Chubb miss a week or two? Do you project him like for as a 65% touch player? I would, I could see that 60, 65% sounds about right. Only because when you look at this depth chart, there's not a whole lot of, you know, juicy options. I think, um, what was the other guy that they just brought in? He, I'm going to check. This oh, they, out right yeah, now. you can while while you're looking at the depth chart, right? In the past years, they had guys like Dearness Johnson. That's exactly. Yeah. So um, maybe this is a spot for a veteran as well because Cleveland projects to be you know pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, with, especially with Deshaun Watson possibly turning to his top. You know, there's a time that he was a top three quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so who do you have their depth chart up? Who's their number uh, three right now? It's not loading right now. They brought him in. You got to get better. I'll, better. I'll, yeah, I'll give it. I'll get back to it. I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll yeah. bring it up in a little right, bit. When so, it rolls up. so then, who is your number two? Then, who's your the the second most valuable handcuff? If you have Roshan number one, I go went with Jalen Warren. Oh, okay. That's my number two. Uh, last year, he had a multiple double digit weeks, which is 
great to see from a handcuff. He is, I would say, a true handcuff because at the most, his snap share last year was 54%. Let, and, let, me, uh, let me interrupt you for a half a second. It's bad depth chart. Right now, it's Demetric Felton, John, Felton. Ke- John Kelly, and... Kelly was the other one. Yep. And then some dude named Nate McCary, who I never heard of. Nate McCary? I guess that's like a fullback. He wears number yeah. 48. They, so. they also have Hassan Hall, who's an undrafted rookie. There's nothing right. there. Right, so really nothing that's what I'm saying. Like Ford would, if the season started today, man, Ford would he might be a seventy percenter. I, I'm, I, I think you're too low on Ford just based on workload and team. But you, what you said makes sense to me. All right, back to uh, we were talking about Jalen Warren. This is an interesting one because he almost there was rumors he was going to take Najee's job last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that was a little bit overblown. I mean, Najee is still. You know, he was a pretty hyped rookie coming in, first round draft pick, really good his rookie season, and. I know anytime you're linked to a Liz Frank injury that early in the go round, it's going to be tough to finish strong throughout. But he had Najee Harris finished strong, and I think that puts Jalen Warren firmly in that backup role. But he's someone that if there was another injury to Najee Harris, he just instantly comes in and does get that massive lion share. The Steelers have shown year in and year out that they will use the bell cow approach. They don't typically split carries all that much. And even with, you know, Warren getting a number of games where he had a 40% snap share, Najee Harris was still, you know, a, a very usable running back on a weekly basis. What is he? Uh, wide, he was running back, I think, 14 on a points per game basis last year even with Jalen Warren. So I think if there was an injury, I'm going to absolutely want Warren. And I think Jalen Warren, why he gets up, you know, put up so high on my list is if there's an injury to Najee Harris, Allen, you could get a lot for Jalen Warren. This isn't like, you know, there are some guys you talk about, if Isaiah Spiller gets anointed as the RB2 and then maybe gets propelled for whatever reason throughout the season, people aren't going to overpay for Isaiah Spiller. I think they will overpay. Matter of fact, I know a lot of people in leagues will overpay for Jalen Warren. Somebody that I have is a hybrid uh, platoon guy, but I, I'm still going to call him more of a handcuff, especially where I see him go in drafts. I think Elijah Mitchell is the most valuable handcuff in fantasy football. Redraft, dynasty, he's got the age. He was only 24. We love the offense, and he's basically been relegated to handcuffs that he cannot be a starter in this league based on his, his you know, he is the definition of injury-prone. Did you not mm-hmm. include him because he's he's gonna be that flex type option? You could probably start him, but if if we're just if I'm telling you for this exercise we're classing him as a handcuff, mm-hmm. we're classifying. Where would you put Elijah Mitchell of the San Francisco 49ers on this list? So he was on my platooner list. I, I did not put him on my list, but since for the exercise I get to insert yeah. them into my list, he becomes my number three. It would go Roshan, Jalen Warren, Elijah Mitchell, and for a lot of the reasons you said, and I also think he's one of those backs where if McCaffrey were to miss time. His value doesn't just get that typical handcuff bump. It gets a massive spike. We're talking, yeah. you know, he'll be in top eight running of, back on most weekly exactly, rankings. Yeah. Exactly. You will be getting a weekly bump of top eight, top 10 guy that if you want to ride out, makes sense. But then you could truly cash in if you wanted to. So, yeah, he would move up to number three. You know, what? for for video clip purposes, this will be make good, good clip. Why don't we just count down? You're just no explanation needed. Um, you let's go through your list. So number 10, number 10, I had, uh, Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. Okay. Number nine, Pierre strong. We'll come back to him. Number eight. I had, that was where Jerome Ford was. Number seven, Evan Hall. Six, Tajay Spears. Five, Keontae Ingram. Four, Tank Bigsby. Ooh, three, uh, Tyler Algier. 
two was Jalen Warren. Oh, actually, I gave you eleven now. Right. Well, that's fine. It's you know, it's a baker's dozen for a top ten <laughs> yeah. list, and then and the number one was Roshan. Okay, Roshan. Yep. All right, good. So now, if you just uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in the video description. If you just want to hear the quick list, there it is, right for the yeah. for the Cliff Notes people. All right, that's a good list. So I want to talk. There's so many uh, players on there that I think are are very interesting. So you think Pierre Strong that you have at number nine? I think you said or something around yep. there is the clear cut handcuff. Should Ramondre miss a week or two? Um, what percentage of the workload would you project for him in any given week? I don't know if he gets a ton of the overall, t- like the boring touches. I think he gets a lot of the key touches. When Ramondre missed in week twenty, oh, week twenty-four, week fourteen against the Arizona Cardinals, he only had a twenty like about. 30% snap share, but he was able to convert that into a ton of fantasy points. So I do think he gets a bump, but I think we're looking at maybe the, it dep- I guess I'm a Patriots fan. As you can tell, I got the ah, report back here. Right. So I'm a Patriots fan watching Patriots games. You know that they are very game plan dependent on that giving run that game. So here's my long winded answer for Pierre strong in games where they're going to grind it out with no Ramondre Stevenson. Kevin Harris will probably get more touches than you'd like to see, but okay. Pierre Strong will be there for the passing downs, third downs, and the in the two minute drills, the, those types of touches. But in a game where, let's say, they're playing the Bills and it's it's shootout city time, Alan, and there's no Ramondre, you're looking, I think, at 55, 60% of the snap share and still getting all of those valuable touches. Uh, that's why I like Pierre Strong. I just, with Bill Belichick, you always have to factor in the possible running back by committee approach. They did waive James Robinson, much to my chagrin. I am a James Robinson truther until I yeah. die. Love James Robinson. So to see him cut from my favorite team, Alan, it broke my freaking heart. But, you know, you can't completely rule out the Bill Belichick RBBC. But I, I like Pierre Strong. He had to make my list. No, he should use is- electric. Yeah, this one is is interesting to me because I feel like it, it, a lot of these guys that we're talking about, you're not going to be able to get them on your team unless you overpay. I feel like Pierre mm-hmm. Strong is one of these guys that you could sneak onto your roster. There's there's not a, like a lot of Pierre Strong truthers. It's just like okay, he was the guy on the next ADP list I got him, and I know there's some mm-hmm. people that have strong feelings about him. But <laughs> so how do you get a trade like this done in Dynasty? Are these guys throw-ins? I mean, do you, you can't just like say, hey, I'll give you a third-round pick for Pierre Strong because then someone knows you're up to something. In dynasty leagues exactly. that you're in, what do you think the best way? Because we're not talking about acquiring Justin Jefferson here. How do you get some of these guys on your roster? What, what do you think is the best technique? So I like I like to do two general approaches when it comes to handcuffs. Is One is just the straight gamble where you're just taking a shot in the dark on someone like like we were talking about earlier. Jerome Ford last year. You could get him for free. You're just taking a shot to see what happens. When you You're say just, get him for free, what do you mean exactly? You mean like he's uh, on the I mean, last year, last year in deep formats, I mean a fourth. I just got oh, right. Pierre Strong for a 24 third, and that's with a little you know hype bump. So I think you know that third, fourth, easy peasy. And I, I you know, I know and if you have the the glut of backup running backs, you would take a third, but when you're trying to win games and you're at this point in the season, which is not even, well, we have well, points yet. I want it. I want the player. There's two ways to go, and I, I agree with you. Just quote overpay with a rookie pick that you're not really going to do anything with right. anyway. But I, what uh, sometimes I like to hold on to those thirds, not because I don't think Jerome Ford is worth a third or Pierre Strong's worth a third, but I'm taking that gamble now in in June July when I don't need to. Whereas if right. let's, but you're right though because like if let's say it's week six and Jerome Ford becomes the guy, I'm no longer going to be able to get him for a third. It's not going to cost me a second. It's a second or 
maybe a, a, a flex play. But there is another approach I like to use. And have you ever seen the movie Django? Yes. So there's a, a scene where he's talking to Christoph Waltz and he's talking about saving his wife. And they say, you can't just go save her. You, they'll know something's up. You can't just go get her. So we're going to go. We're going to set up this facade. We're going to set up this situation. And then we are going to get her thrown in to the eventual deal to save her. So what I'll do is instead of saying, hey, Alan, I see you got Pierre Strong there. What do you want for him? Immediately you're going to go, what? I just saw this Jamoke on the Rotowire show. He, he must know something that I don't. Uh, you, I, I want a sec. I want a second. And it's like, wait, why? It's well, You're interested, so there's a market for him. So I'm going to drive the price. So what I'll do is I'll say, hey, what do you want for Damian Harris there? I like Damian Harris. And they'll say, eh, you know, may him and ha, and I, they may ask for a little bit more than I'm willing to give. I talk them down, but I say, you know what? You got to throw in Jerome Ford. And they go, all right, fine, let's get this thing done. And then you kind of go in with a bigger picture trade and then swoop in uh, and take a couple handcuffs or whatever the deal entails. So you kind of grab those handcuffs on the back end as a throw-in, and then you just kind of got at the crumbs of the deal, and you, and you could hopefully benefit from that in the future. The psychology of trading, man, it's fascinating, right? It's Yeah, uh, yeah it's funny. It's I see it all the time, and that's a, a whole a podcast in itself. And we've done some different things, but... You know, let, let's stick with this for a second here, and we'll, we'll get back to our handcuffs in a minute. What do you think is the biggest mistake people make in Dynasty Leagues when they're trying to get a trade done? What do you think is like some of the faux pas that you just eye roll? Or at this time, I mean, we're in so many Dynasty Leagues, we just expect it at this point. But mm-hmm. what's something, if you were giving advice to, to people that think they're doing something that's slick, what are a couple of the etiquette things that you, you think, come on, dude, we're on to this? The one thing that, you know, some of my buddies do in the, my home leagues, and I cannot stand it, is when... They start off by saying stuff like, you know, Alan, Tank Bigsby's not getting a lot of playing time. I don't oh, think he's that good. What do you want for him? It's like, uh, come on, dude. I can so see. So the, the right downplaying of the guy they yeah, want. Yeah, don't neg you. my guys, dude. Don't neg my roster. Right. I know what you're doing. You're trying to drive the price down. So I, I, I really can't stand that, and I will call it out immediately. It's very car salesman-y, right? Use yeah. Cars. yeah. It's very no, car salesman-y. Not, no offense to all the car salesmen. I'm just using I'm it sure as a great profession. Yeah, but yeah. it's a it's a stereotype for a reason, you know. Right. <laughs> the used car salesman stereotype is one, uh, yeah. obviously, that there's good reason. I also um, I would recommend not putting guys on the block in obvious moments. If there's if all of a sudden we get a report today from Adam Schefter that Nick Chubb rolled his ankle at the OTAs, don't immediately put Jerome Ford on the trade block. It's desperate. It's desperate. Nobody's going to give you anything of value. They're all just going to be like, oh, look at this guy trying to get something from me. Oh, he's going to ask for a ton. Right. Don't there's do an, that. There's an assumption that you want to cash out at, at max value when, you know, it's just like, hey, let the market um, do its thing. The other yeah. the other thing I, I don't like in, in trades, and again, I promise everybody, we'll get back to our dynasty handcuffs, but this is a fascinating conversation to me. So Trade the, etiquette, man. Uh, yeah, trade etiquette is when someone says, hey, what do you want for player X? I mean, I understand why they do it, but just make me an offer. Mm-hmm. Just make me an offer. Like, d- don't say, hey, what do you want for Justin Jefferson? Dude, I wasn't even thinking about selling Justin Jefferson. I have no idea. Right. You know, like, in, in, or in, even more so than Jeff- Jefferson, let's say, what do you want for Josh Allen? Right? It's like, dude, <laughs> not, I don't want anything because I'm not selling him. He's part of my roster. Right. Well, they'll, they'll tell me how bad my roster is and how yeah. I can't compete and this and that. So... It, just make an actionable offer to someone, mm-hmm. and then 
if they just auto decline it, you can DM them and say, you know, was that too low? Is it, are you willing to talk about this player? But make, don't make me do the homework. I, you know, I have right. 40 leagues. I don't want to do the homework. <laughs> yeah, bring something actionable to me. And I will say one last thing about trade etiquette that this is probably the biggest piece of advice I can give anyone who's making a trade in fantasy is remember when the other person is saying no, you guys agree on the value. You are just climbing up different ends of the same mountain. Mm. You believe the same thing. So if you think that way, you're not. Don't tell me if I'm in a rebuild. I know what my teams are doing. Don't tell me my roster needs this. I know what my roster needs. If you're offering me player X for player Y, and I say no, we agree on the value. You want the player that you're, you're you hope I sell. If I say no, then I'd rather have the player that you're trying to buy. So we are. We're on the same page here. So if you think of it that from that approach, it gives you ways to at least like understand where they're coming from and truly try to get to a resolution and make a trade. You brought up Tank Bigsby. He was pretty high on your list. What did you have him at? Four or three? Yes. Okay, he was four. at four. Yep. Yeah. So Bigsby goes in that second round of rookie drafts. Is I mean, is this almost a platoon in the making here? What do you see Bigsby's role? I mean, obviously, I agree with you here that he should be on the list. I... I Somehow, did I have him on my list? Yeah, I had him on my list. I had him two. I had him at six, but I think I'm I'm too low here. That's why I'm glad we're doing this because, uh, first of all, he right now he's still he's probably not uh, his ADP is going to be richer in two months from now, right? As soon as they yeah. get in a preseason game and he breaks a 35 yard run and like runs right. somebody over or stiff arms or makes a beautiful catch, like he's someone that I am confident is going up. Mm-hmm. So. What do you see his immediate role? Is he like the number two running back on Jacksonville today? Or because they have a lot of other guys. They have Hasty, they have DeAndre Johnson, guys that have been in the league. I think he's the third guy on the depth chart because I do think that, you know, Doug Peterson's trying to set up a culture and Hasty played well for them. So you don't demote a guy who played well. So I think so he'll be. Two. I would say two. Hasty's two, Bigsby's three. But if there were an injury to ETN, Bigsby's one. It's one of those situations where Hasty's two. No matter what, where um, Bigsby's gotcha. the guy that kind of leapfrogs. I don't think Bigsby's going to have a role, so I would recommend staying away from Bigsby and trying to buy a month in. Tanks Bigsby, he can kind of really, he can. I would say he can do it all. He played really well. He has, uh, you know, two seasons at Auburn where he had twenty plus catches. He had thirty in his last season. He can do a lot, uh, but to think that he's going to be the pass catching back. I don't see that happening. ETN absolutely can handle that. And they didn't throw him the ball at all last year. So they like Hasty to be that kind of potential fast paced guy to bring in for passes where uh, ETN, I don't think that he needs like a between, between the tackles grinder type, like a, you know, Damian Harris for a comparison for tanks. So I don't think he's going to have much a role at first really at all. Yeah, you, you um, explained something that I have. I call this the money back philosophy of how to get these guys. Basically, Bigsby, as you said, I'm going to set up the philo- uh, um, that he's the number three to start the season. No touches, one touch in a game, month goes by. And you know, dynasty players quit after a month. Oh, oh no, yeah. I'm, I'm one in four. I have to sell everything. Yeah. If you offer somebody their money back, meaning give them your 24 second uh, for right. Bigsby, and he's done nothing after a month, that is a, a way to acquire someone. Now, it won't work every time, but if you play in Dynasty Leagues, you're in you're in 10 leagues, you're in 12 leagues, you're in 7 leagues, you're in 30 leagues. How many leagues are you in right now, Matty? Uh, I win, I'm probably only in like 8, but Good. that's like 6 more than I was last year. Right, well, that's what I'm saying. This this is So, okay, and now that you're doing a lot of Dynasty content, what's going to happen is people are going to ask you to be in leagues. And, yeah, and eight, I can't say no. <laughs> right. This time next year, it's going to be 16, I promise you. Yeah. I promise you. Uh, 
so anyway, get your money. Go for the guys that are out of it, that have quit. They're looking for picks and that you can get your, quote, money back. So Bigsby's one of those guys. Who else do you think qualifies? Well, Roshan, definitely. Who else in this year's rookie draft do you think that we can offer even money for by week five? Is there anyone on that list? He, or even from last year? It doesn't matter. I don't really have anyone on my list that, that qualifies mm. in the money back, but there's someone on my platooners list. I think Charbonnet also could be one of those running backs where the hype will be high. Uh, if he, I mean – the fact That's that Pete Carroll one. said that they brought him in for screen passes, the second a clip circulates Twitter of him catching a screen pass, the world's going to go nuts. They're going to go, see, this is what they brought him <laughs> in for. And then his value will spike. But then when Ken Walker is that dude, because I do believe he's him, I believe uh, you know, Ken Walker is that guy. We're look, by Halloween, we might be looking at the money back system, which I love that approach. Here, let me help you out. Give me the the, the, the here's my player. late first. Here's my, here's here's my, my late yeah. first. Here's my second. Right, right. And you because because you like Charbonnet, you want him on your team. Is what you're saying, or you don't want him on your team? I, I haven't been. I haven't gotten any Charbonnet. He's too. I've rich gotten zero. My, I, I have no Charbonnet. But he is the type of player that I will like. We don't hate players. We hate ADPs. That's what we you know. That's kind of the marker for Matt Kelly and everyone at Player Profiler and pretty much a lot of people that know what they're doing in the in the spaces in general. Right. We don't like hate I'll, players. We like, hate ADPs. I make the joke like I would buy a Vizio TV if it was $180, you know? <laughs> like, other than that, I'm getting my Samsung TV. I'm such an electronics snob, you know? Yeah. But at the right price, I'll give me that one. I'll find a space yeah. for it in my house, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, I have a selfish question for you here. I'm on the clock in a rookie draft, and uh, mm-hmm. I need your help. You're going to help me make the pick right now. This I is unre- unrelated to our conversation. All right, it's a start one tight end league, but it's double PPR for the tight ends. I mean, okay. that's oh, significant. Well. That's a that's real premium. Yeah. So somehow I'm on the clock at pick nine and um, both Kincaid and Jordan Addison fell to me. I've never seen this happen with either of those guys because basically what happened was the the usual six went off and -hmm. then Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnston went next. That was the earliest I've ever seen Kendra Miller go. When Mm -hmm. I asked the guy about it, he said that our friends over at Roster Watch are high on him, but I, I just... I need to look into if Alex and Byron are telling people to take him at pick seven. That seems aggressive, but hey, yeah. listen, we could be wrong. Um, double PPR for tight ends. Am I taking Kincaid or am I taking Jordan Addison? And I need both of those positions. My 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 tight end is George okay. Kittle, so I'm I don't need to start Kincaid right away. But right. by the time Kittle expires, maybe Kincaid is now my guy for the next few years. Where do you have a second round pick? Yes, two point two point six. Okay, so you have the two six. I think I would go Addison here. Ooh, the two the two point tight end premium is so tantalizing. Because the other two are not Mayer and Laporta are gonna be gone. They're gonna be gone by two the, six. R- They're gonna be gone. But they, I would have thought that Addison was gone here and at this selection. So Me too. That's one that's why it's a decision. So you understand it, what yeah. I completely understand the the the, the, the I completely understand. Kincaid is someone that I I mean, he has been an absolute roller coaster ride for my perception i was out on him and then i was back in and then the back injury had me back out then the draft capital had me back in but the role has me back out but mm. now the role's starting to shift in my brain and what are they going to use him with how are they going to use him in year one it could well, be here's here's a better here's a better way to frame it what, right now in maddie kimu's ranking not player profile but your rankings um kincaid is tight end what he's tight end two no i meant sorry i didn't mean the rookie i meant like all tight ends oh yeah. All tight ends. Oh, all tight ends. For dynasty. Are... For dynasty. I mean, just anecdotally. You don't have to have the exact Yeah, number. but I would say probably like top 12, 14. Okay, so you have this like tight end, like somewhere between tight end 11 and 13 is basically. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's lower than consensus. 
Oh yeah, he's like what tight end eight probably consensus. Yeah, something mm-hmm. in that range. Uh, yeah, I got I got him right outside the top ten. So eleven, thirteen is fair. All right, uh, I do so, love Addison though. I think so. I, Addison and I don't know if this persuades you in any way. I have Jefferson and Cousins on that team too. I mean, I don't mind have because I have teams where I have Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, and Tua. I don't mind that type of a setup. I th- and I think you might see something like that. I mean, Thielen now vacated 107 targets, and all logic tells you that as long as Addison's healthy, he's going to get all 107 of those targets. Yeah. Sorry that we deviated from our conversation about backup running backs, everybody, but this is a very important decision I need to make, and yeah. um, you're all going to have to suffer through it. All right, so, <laughs> so you're Addison even in double PPR, knowing that 2-6 I'm not going to get um, any of the oh, tight ends. I and but I, I do have double Kittle. tight end premium so crazy. I know, I know. I I I'm leaning the other way, but it's good to hear you know another opinion. So, but your team, big money league, three hundred dollar league. What are you doing? You got to decide right Addison. now. I'm going Addison. All right, could be all right. That I totally fair, totally fair. Especially since, yeah. All right, we've we've said enough of that. If you're in the chat right now, let us know who you would take in a double tight end premium PPR, meaning like the tight ends get two points. Would you take Kincaid or Jordan Addison of your rookie draft? You're going to help me decide right now. We're going to crowdsource this answer. <laughs> That's At what least- we do, it, baby. All right. With our last um, with our last 10 minutes or so, what I, I want to talk about some more of these backup running backs. Uh, Brees Hall, I, I, just, I am fading that he's going to be ready for the first month, and then I don't even think he's going to be himself for the, the, the year. Right? I mean, usually mm-hmm. these guys are 10 months to return from play after an ACL. That's around week one for Brees Hall because he hurt himself in, what, week six? And yeah. 18 months until they're themselves again, if they're ever 100%. But even 90% of Brees Hall is, I mean, that's top running back. So <laughs> is there a handcuff? Because right now you can get any of the Jets handcuffs that you want. Or is this one of those things where it's a committee of three with Zonovan Knight, Israel, Abanakanda, and Michael Carter, or is there one that stands out that might be worth starting in week one? I can't pick one that stands out. And now you're hearing a little bit of rumblings that they'd be open to signing Dalvin Cook. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I've seen a few rumblings. Now, the drumbeat's not super loud, but if there's even a a little bit of steam behind that report, that means they might also be in on Kareem Hunt to a lesser degree, Leonard Fournette. The second you bring Aaron Rodgers into town, you are squeezing wins from every position. You are not looking two years down the road. You were looking at 2023 and 2023 only. So for that reason, I think the Jets don't have a clear system, even with Hall being back. I don't know if they're just going to absolutely just give him all of the touches. And then the knee injury. You bring up the knee injury, it's going to present a, a slow ba- a slow rollback. Michael Carter, Izzy, I like the players, but I think they're too much of a mix, too much of a committee. I mean, did any of us think Bam Knight was going to be a factor in 2022 and he came out of nowhere to be a factor after the Hall injury? I'm just, none of these guys made my list uh, and I'm not really interested in getting any of them right now. If I'm forcing you to pick one that'll have double-digit fantasy points in weeks one through three, which one do you think is the most likely of those guys to at least get you 10 fantasy points for three weeks straight? Michael Carter, he's better in the passing game. He has a little bit more of that Aaron Jones skill set than the rest. Uh, and, and, you know, just the veteran presence with Aaron Rodgers has been his M.O. He does not like teaching the rookies how to, to, to get up to speed with what he's doing. So give me the, the, the you know, couple-year vet, three-year vet in Michael Carter. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, backup running back in Carolina. We didn't mention him. Nobody wants this guy. You can acquire him, like, he's acquirable straight up. He's one of the guys I'm comfortable just going to the, the fantasy manager. Hey, I have Miles Sanders. I want my handcuff or whatever yeah. your excuse is. Why is he not on our list? 
I just it, we've seen what he does with the the you know all the possibilities, all the opportunities. Last year he was kind of had a chance to take over the backfield. Foreman played well enough that it was a split. He had his games here, but I mean I don't think we're going to see the Carolina Panthers run the ball as much as they did last year uh, with Frank Reich. Uh, they last year I mean there were a number of games where Chuba Hubbard and Foreman had you know. 15, 20 carries a piece. You know, Blackshear had his own shit set of touches. So I think Chuba Hubbard is one of those guys that, again, get him for free because there's a chance you may use him. That's just the the chaos that is fantasy football in the given season. But right now, uh, I just I have really no no hype around him, no excitement about him making my list. We don't allow people to say get him for free on here. It's get him for cheap. Get him for cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing's for free. And plus, free the the guys that are free don't want them. So yeah, no, we're, I'm gonna you know only. And I'm ma- of course, I'm making a joke, but uh, we're gonna do um we're making a list on Road to Wire of like fantasy podcasting faux pas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and by the way, I say free all the time. Just you know, I'm not picking yeah. on you. I'm picking on me, but I'm projecting it onto you, Maddie. <laughs> well, it's it's okay. Yeah. No. Okay. So and then also, uh, what do you know about the rookie uh, that was drafted by the Rams? Oh, the undrafted guy. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Tyrion Ty- Evans. Right. And now he Tyron signed Evans? with Carolina. With Carolina, Tyrion Evans. Uh, is that? I mean, they picked him up right immediately mm-hmm. after he was cut by the Rams. Is there anything about him? That you could uh, that's appealing to put on a deep roster because I see him on the waiver wires in a few of my thirty deeps. So Cody Carpentier does these things called the uh, dog ratings each year, and Evans was number one in his dog ratings. Oh, he's a year. he's a dog. He's a dog. Which okay. would that makes sense? Why um, a team would pick him up right away because he didn't get cut because he wasn't practicing hard because he wasn't doing the right things because he wasn't giving his. He just sucked. He just he just <laughs> sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when your best comparable player on playerprofile.com is Tyrion Davis Price, you're not gonna bring the fellas out with that. No one's gonna get excited. But right. again, I, I I mean he's a dog, so I guess that would be the only reason why well, I would be excited. Or the reason him. I thought of it, Maddie, was because you said no interest in Chuba, he's not that guy. And we've seen these undrafted guys, you know, get short windows of opportunity so i was thinking is this and i it's so rare you see running backs that are actually on rosters on waivers in these deep leagues right. so i've seen them out there a couple times and if you have wide receivers that are, are like quintessential roster cloggers the trent Sherfield types oh, I'm, yeah. cl- I'm clipping those guys right away to add mm-hmm. someone like this I, i'm even you know yeah i was gonna say hunter renfro but you don't want to do that he still probably has utility on, on a roster Wow. Life comes at you fast when it comes to Hunter Renfro. I mean, we were like, he was everyone's top 30 wide receiver just a handful of years ago. I loved him. I mean, what he did on the field, the way he worked in that offense, oh, it was so great. And then, yeah, no, it happens. And if he's traded somewhere, I'd be interested in him. But, I, you know, it's I thought that he would be uh, Josh McDaniels, Julian Edelman, you know, for no other reason. You know, there's no reason I can think of that why he would (laughs) think of him like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's continue with this handcuff list here because this is really good stuff that you're... Uh, oh, you know what? How can we not talk about the Vikings backfield? Sort it out for us. Dalvin's gone. Well, first... Yep. W- are you on the Alexander Madison hate side or cause I'm like, why isn't this guy a third round pick and redraft? Like I'm there already. Um, I know I don't have to get him in the third round. I have to get him in the fifth round. Right. But so start with your, your, your feelings on Madison and then give me the pecking order and the handcuff to own in, uh, on, in that backfield. So Madison is the Madison is exactly why you need to be flexible in how you evaluate in fantasy football because as a backup I was never paying the price to grab him never. even though when Delvin was out it was like bing bang boom carbon copy production was right there but I never wanted to pay the price but now that he's uh, the starter initially I was like oh, I'm gonna stay away because I, I you know the pricing would get crazy but the hate Allen. It's AM hate is unreal. And for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, that there is like if you were part of social media uh, or Twitter specifically, and you mm-hmm. and you follow a lot of fantasy football analysts, there is a like fifty percent saying he's garbage, he's hard. Like, and even if that's true, Matty Kiwum, like let's say he's a below average running back, mm-hmm. he was paid as a starter. They cut the starter. Yep. He's on an offense that we like. That's going to score a lot of points. And we've seen him produce in the NFL, and, and and he's not priced up higher than like RB eighteen in redraft, maybe RB you know similar in dynasty. Mm-hmm. What's not to like here? Is it just that you didn't want him? I I don't it, try to explain to me the people that don't like Alexander Madison what the problem is. I think it's because his athletic profile doesn't pop. That's the only thing I could think of because when you look at how he filled in for Dalvin. I mean, this guy would just be a walking 20-point game when Dalvin wasn't around. He fit the offense perfectly. Like you said, they brought him in for a decent money. I think it was, what, two years, $6 million? Yeah. Uh, it was a decent enough contract. It was backup money, but that's what you the, get. Really. He had the chance to hit the open market and decided yep. to stay. They must have promised him something. They promised him something or, you know, they were just he, – he, his agents did a good enough job kind of relaying that information. Like, listen, Dalvin will not be on this team. Uh, you know, Dalvin's telling he wants out, whatever. You know, there's so much that happens beyond the, behind the scenes that we don't really get hip to. Uh, but that that would be my guess why he stuck around. But he's got the size, 221 pounds. He could be the workhorse. I think in redraft, he should be in that conversation for fourth, you know, top four, three, five pick, depending on how casual uh, the running backs get drafted because we all know this will be the year of zero RB strategy uh, because it worked so well last year. So in your casual leagues, I think that's going to happen a ton. Uh so, but I, I like Madison, and I hope the hate continues because if I can get a twenty-four-year-old running back for a twenty-four second, I'm taking it. What's your boldest take on the positive side of Alexander Madison? He will give me like a, a almost like hot takey. Uh, Alexander Madison will outproduce this running back in 2023. Someone that you that again, this is like a uh, I say his 95th percentile outcome, right? What if all goes well for Madison? He'll outproduce which Top 15 running back, top 10 running back. Alexander Madison will outproduce Dalvin Cook wherever Dalvin Cook lands. 
that's a good one. <laughs> that that one just makes me laugh. You know, it's funny. It's so yeah. someone that said to me, they said I, I asked that question to a buddy off a podcast. He said, Jonathan Taylor. He's like, you know, Anthony Richardson's going to get all the the rushing touchdowns. They have you talked yeah. about Evan Hull a moment ago, which actually, I like. I wanna, yeah, I want yeah, to hit on him. And you know, everyone's expecting like Taylor to to just you know assume where he was as the RB one in in pre draft rankings two years ago. So I thought I was like, oh, at first I no way, but I was like, wait a second here, like you know, this is this is in range. And I think that the markets are slow to adjust. Um, before we go, I want to talk about Evan Hull. Uh, he's someone that uh, I've. I think I in my rookie drafts I have the most of any rookie running back. Mm-hmm. He is the pass catching running back that the Colts got. Where did they draft him? What round? Fifth round. Fifth round. Okay. So why is Evan Hull on this top ten list? Why should we be rostering him where we can? His skill set. I mean, five ten, two oh nine, so he's got the size. Eighty fifth percentile forty yard dash, forty uh for eightieth percentile speed scores. He's burst, he's agile. Uh, he's strong. He was a mega producer. He had an 85th percentile college dominator rating. He was the 10th most athletic running back in the class. He really pops in a whole lot of places, but where I truly like me some Evan Hall, 88 catches over his final two years at Northwestern. I think that's a skill set that even Jonathan Taylor may not bring to the table for the Indianapolis Colts. So if they bring him on, let's say they get some confidence in the rookie to spell, you know, Taylor on third downs, kind of get him in those pass catching plays, really give, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor a break because he is coming off an injury uh, plague 2022. And then there's an injury to Jonathan Taylor. This guy could be a legit bell cow on an offense that we're at least mildly excited about Alan. Yeah, we saw what. Deion Jackson did like his he popped in what he had like a 10 catch week one or 10 target something like that so why can't Evan Hull do it all right everybody if you uh if you like videos like this consider hitting the like button subscribe to the channel uh and we put up new dynasty podcast every week uh right now we also have a ton of fantasy baseball content on the channel but uh football we're going football full-time in a couple weeks so uh, we appreciate that. Uh, right now, we're giving away, Maddie, uh, a couple days to for people to unlock Rotowire's paywall free. Uh, all they need to do is go to rotowire.com forward slash pod, P-O-D. Hmm. Just put in your email and the paywall unlocks. There's no credit card to put in. There's nothing to cancel. There's no, I mean, what's worse than like getting the free sample or something, and then you have to go remember to go back and cancel it? Yeah. So it's like literally this is frictionless. So you just go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. We'll give you two free days. Check out the the site, and if you don't want it after two days, it just it just lapses. If you do want it, you you subscribe. Uh, tell us right now what you're working on that you're most proud of the podcast. Because I know people that are listening to this, they're going to want to subscribe to your podcast and listen every week like I do. So start with the podcast. Where can they find all of the links to uh, the fantasy football and dynasty content and redraft all the stuff that you're putting out? So you can find me on Twitter, Matt Kiwum, and my podcast, The Game Plan, comes out every Saturday. I got a very special guest on for this Saturday's episode, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. Trade Gods with Jason Allwine every Thursday night, and the world-famous draft kit. Theo Greminger has been an absolute beast getting that together. We have cameos from the best people in the industry, yourself included. Your Travis Kelsey video was awesome. Thanks, so when that world-famous draft kit goes live uh you know i I contributed did a whole bunch of write-ups and videos very proud of that it's it's the best in the in the biz and i'm super excited to be a part of it if you describe your game plan podcast to somebody like what what is your podcast about one you get one or two sentences so if you're just explaining it to my grandmother um what is the game plan podcast about that you host 
The Game Plan Podcast is your one-stop shop to get actionable tools that make you better at Dynasty and better at fantasy football. So you, we talk about in-depth or broad topics where you can listen and truly get better at fantasy football. And then the Trade Gods Podcast. How would you describe that one that you host? Oh, that one's a ton of fun. That's basically helping you put together trades, uh, breaking down trades, and kind of what even if your trades aren't being broken down, it gives you a chance to learn, uh, you know, what's out there, what the markets look like. So it's just a full on diving into real life dynasty trades. All right, follow him as we all do at Matty Kiwum. That's M A T T Y K I W O O M. Oh, you look, you got a little visitor in the back there. Oh, do I? Yeah. Oh, my yep. kids are in. The yep. kids have infiltrated the office, Alan. How many kids do you have? I got three. Three girls. Three girls. Man, yep. you're young. Man, how old are you, Maddie? Thirty-five. Oh, you see, you look younger. You look younger. Oh, thank you. It must be yeah. the new haircut. I just got my haircut. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Who? Uh, okay, so Maddie put it uh, on mute. But anyway, all right, everybody. Uh, if you have any questions about any of the handcuffs that we talked about today, you can DM Maddie Kiwoom. You can DM me, or Absolutely. just put them in the comments below. We'll we'll get to everything and let us know who your top ten handcuffs are as well. We'll be back next week with another Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Oh,